Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Erin and Jennifer Smith, your hosts of the Marriage After God podcast. Intimacy. Often we associate this word with sex or physical connection. These two things are in fact forms of intimacy, but are these the only meaning and purpose for this word? Is it possible that it is deeper and more profound than we have given it credit for? What can we learn from God and His relationship with us about intimacy with Him and with our spouse? Today's episode is brought to you by our faithful patron team. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, you've, you guys have chosen to financially support this show monthly. Um, here's a shout out to three new people that have signed up since our last episode. Nikki H., Tracy M., and Desmarais G., Uh, We thank you so much for choosing to partner with us on blessing tens of thousands of people with free daily prayer emails and this weekly podcast. If you've been blessed by this free Marriage After God content, we'd love to invite you to join our patron team as well. Please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron. Well, can I say happy Valentine's Day week? Week, yeah, because it's (laughs) not Valentine's Day We're just a few days past, yeah. So maybe we're not the only ones, but Valentine's Day came around and And I was and went very fast. Yeah, I was like, Aaron, I forgot, I forgot about Valentine's Day. What are we doing? And he goes, I forgot too. (laughs) We're fine. (laughs) I have a theory actually, and I bet you everyone listening, you 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 can let us know on social media if this theory is true. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I was at the grocery store, and I've never seen so much Valentine's Day paraphernalia left after Valentine's Day. Everything was on sale. It was like. So much candy, so many flowers. I'm, so I'm just wondering how many people also forgot. Maybe nobody was in the mood this this month. I know. It doesn't <laughs> seem like a very valentine day. One reason why it caught me off guard was for some reason I wasn't thinking about Valentine's Day or like going out with you or doing anything special mm-hmm. um, because I booked us reservations on Friday, which is tomorrow. And so I think I just... So we're just celebrating it tomorrow. But also, that fine? <laughs> I celebrate my love for you every day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not just one day a year. <laughs> just want everyone to know that. It's okay. It's okay if you forgot. It's okay if you chose not to celebrate it. Yeah, but also there's, I, I do feel like there's been a lot of heavy things yeah. in the news. Um, one thing, this toxic derailment that happened in Ohio. Yeah, it's crazy, you guys. It's been on my mind because I have family over there. And so we I have get friends over there too, right? worried about them. Yeah. Uh, but our family and friends currently are okay. They're far enough away. Uh, but I, I do want us to, as a, as a community, be praying for those yeah. that are there. And if you have people there that you know, um, reach out, ask them how they're doing, see if you can help. Um, maybe invite them to come visit you if you're not in that, in Ohio. Cause things like this can be a cause for like anxiety or frustration yeah. and just or, yeah, all kinds of things. Worse. Yeah. 
<sighs> that was heavy. Maybe that's a reason why that there's a lot of people forgetting about Valentine's Day. I don't know. Or things like that. Or yeah. things like that. There's, yeah. Sometimes the world throws lots of things at us, but you know what? Our hope is in Christ. Yeah. And yeah. So let's put our eyes on him. So. Good. Good, good, good. Well, um, a few episodes back titled How to Transform Your Marriage This Year, we included um, seven ways to transform your marriage. And one of those ways mm-hmm. was about more romance and more sex in marriage. And like we just mm-hmm. briefly shared about the importance of that aspect of marriage and why it must not be left forgotten about, neglected. Yeah. And we wanted to dive into this topic more because um, we didn't want to just highlight the the physical aspect of it, which is definitely a part of intimacy. Um, but we wanted to talk about this idea of intimacy as a whole and what it, what it means in our marriage and, and how, Sometimes maybe we don't have enough intimacy. We 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 t- we use this word sometimes. This we might get into the minutia of the mundane and just things kind of just are moving forward and not real there's no real deep yeah. connection. Well, and if there's one one specific topic that we could talk about as marriage podcasters, I mean, sex and intimacy <laughs> is probably the, the biggest one because marriage goes through seasons and we all, all of you listening, even us, go through times that are really great. And then times that are not so great, times that are enjoyable and times that are painful, times that are yeah. frustrating, times that are fun. So it's it's a reoccurring theme and topic because it's so vital to marriage and a part of our lives. So, And the enemy are, are, would try and convince us that sex shouldn't be important. Intimacy shouldn't be important. Having this, this connection with your spouse, you know, we, there's other things that are more important. And that's not true. Actually, becoming one with your spouse and that that physical uni- unity, spiritual unity, emotional unity, all of it are equally important and ca- none of them can be done without mm-hmm. at all. There's mm. also that kind of lie that makes you think like, that's, that's not something I need to intentionally think about. It just happens naturally mm. or, you know, right. it should just be, but... I mean, we're humans and sometimes connection is hard. And even if you've been married for a long time, sometimes you just need to be reminded, oh, I should be initiating. I should be pursuing. I should be. And so that's what we're here for. We're like that little voice in your ear that says, go do something nice for your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Be intimate. And we're going to learn about that word more. We're using the word intimacy, which has a specific connotation to everyone. You're probably, everyone listening is probably thinking like, oh, that means this or that means that. I'll tell you this. When I was writing The Unveiled Wife, it was a lot easier for me to use the word intimacy or physical intimacy rather than sex. sex. And that was, I was young and that was a hard thing for me to talk about. And so I admit that. That's been a big part of my vocabulary in the way that I interchange those two words. But it does mean so much more. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Maybe we should do an episode on sex one day. Uh, sex in itself also means so much more than just the yeah. physical intercourse. And I think that's something that should be thought about is sometimes we have definitions for words uh, that are not complete enough. Mm. I feel like we've been bringing that a lot up well, this year. Well, uh, going back to that, we start off the year with discrepancy. Oh, yeah. Often we have discrepancies in the way we see things, just mm-hmm. define things. And so it may mean one thing to me. And it means another thing to you. And the discrepancy is that distance between them mm-hmm. is like, oh, I thought I was being intimate with you because of this. Well, speaking of definitions, uh, we I looked up, you know, what the word intimacy means. 
And the English version. Merriam-Webster defines it as something of a personal or private nature, hmm. which I really like that. So like, a, it's like, oh, I'm having an intimate conversation. Right. Like it's private. It's close. private. It's close. Which in marriage, like how great that we have this special relationship where those private things take place and you get to um, just share and be transparent and honest and open in well, a private setting. I think also there's certain things, actually many things that me and you get to experience that are ours. Right. It's no one else's. Yeah, we, yeah. They're not like, um, I think about keeping the marriage bed, bed pure, mm-hmm. that, that verse. It's that there are certain things that don't come into our marriage. It's exclusive. And there's th- yeah, it's exclusive. And th- there's certain things that don't go out of our marriage. Yeah. Um, so just a little side note here. Make sure that we all need to make sure that we are the type of spouse that creates a safe place where those things can happen, where people, mm. where your spouse wants to be there in that private place with you. You know what I mean? Yep. That's pro- it's there's inviting. Protection. There's yeah. security. Security. Yeah. Trust. Safeness. Um, I also like these synonyms for the word intimacy, belonging, closeness, you say the next one. Familiarity. I can never say that word. <laughs> Inseparability and nearness. Yeah, again. I thought those were sweet little. Um, and that word familiarity uh, and inseparable, inseparability. Oneness. Yeah. We talk a lot those, about that um, in Marriage After God. Those get closer to what we're going to be talking about later on with mm-hmm. this idea of intimacy based off of the biblical understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just trying to get just sort of basis of what we, where we all might be landing on this, this idea of intimacy is Mm -hmm. again, we connect it with physical connection, sexual relationships, um, between us and our spouse, which these all encompass that. Yeah. But it's so much more. Mm -hmm. It's not just, are we being, having sex? Are we being close? Because to be honest, you could also have sex and still not being intimate. Yeah. It could be, you guys could be so distant in heart, Mm -hmm. so distant in mind that it's, kind of just a thing that's happening. The goal in marriage would be that there's so much intimacy happening on different levels, which we're going to talk about the different areas in just a minute, that that oneness in marriage that the Bible talks about is like, there's, you're you're so bonded with your spouse that you have a hard time seeing where one begins yeah, and the other ends. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you finished that for me because I didn't know yeah. quite where I was going, but I knew it was important to say. <laughs> um, well, when I was looking at the definition, um, obviously the word intimate, you brought that up, intimate conversation or something like that was right there. So um, the definition for intimate is marked by a warm friendship developing through long association, which to me reminded me that intimacy takes time. Well, and it develops over time. Yeah. So you could be intimate on some level now. Yeah. And then over time you, that intimacy will grow. Like just the aspect of our friendship started by being friends and going out and doing things and serving at church together. And we had all these like opportunity to get to know one of each other, um, in, in intimate ways, but as close friends, Mm -hmm. well, that looks a lot different than our friendship now in marriage 16 years later. Yeah. And it has developed over time and it's really beautiful. But so I think that, there are ways that intimacy kind of pops up and is easy and, you know, just kind of happens. Yep. But then as we develop it, it just gets better and better and better. Well, I was, I was thinking about that. Have you ever seen that triangle? It says like you and me 
and then at the top of it is God, God yeah. and you're getting closer. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a good definition of, of intimacy is you're constantly growing closer. Mm-hmm. You're get you're getting closer. You're getting, you know, each other more. And, um, the way that works is time and proximity. So mm-hmm. t- distant, like t- distance. So you're, you're continuing forward. So the length of time that you not just know each other, which we'll get into this word, no, but know each other, but also how close you yeah. get to each other. So distance Good. over time, like length mm-hmm. and also closeness over time, constantly getting closer and closer their experience. Yeah. Through experience. Okay. Um, the different types that I mentioned, types of engaging on an intimate level in marriage include emotional intimacy, mm-hmm. physical intimacy, mental intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. So under emotional, I just, we kind of put some notes here. So it's like, how are you feeling? And then, you know, asking each other those types of heart questions, mm-hmm. um, recognizing in your spouse when they're off, they're having a hard day. And then to go another level deeper into that or closer, I should say, is why do you think you feel that way? Oh, yeah. What, where do you think this is coming from? Is it just from mm-hmm. this immediate experience you're having? Do you feel like maybe sometimes like do you feel like your hormones are off? Do you yeah. feel like did something happen today? Right. As you're walking with your spouse in emotional intimacy, um, a practical you know response would be to, to validate them or to relate to them. Definitely encourage them. Don't I always, always validate you? Uh, no, no, that was a quick answer. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I do not. We're working on it. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's something I've grown in. Yeah. I, I have a hard time if I, cause if I think they're not valid, like don't validate, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not going to validate, <laughs> but what you desire is to a, be known. a recognition a rec- of, yeah. Oh, I, I understand yes. you feel this way Yes. and I see it and I yeah. acknowledge it. Totally. Um, you, it, not that you necessarily want me to just to validate everything you feel right. as like, Oh, that is totally legitimate and you should just keep it. Right. But you want me to be there with you. Yeah. Again, closeness. You want another, uh, practical that I put here is a be present, being present be emotionally. There, yeah. Cause you could be with someone physically and not be present. We just talked about that. You yeah. could you sex, you could be distant or not sex. You could be in the same room. Uh, we were just at lunch and you were looking at me, you're like, I'm trying to connect with you. I feel like you're not connecting. I feel Where like, are you? <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've been off. You, if you can hear, I'm a little congested, but I also have a issue with my rib and <laughs> I haven't been sleeping well. So I just, I was like, I am, I'm here with you. I am not, I'm well. not well right now. Um, <laughs> and that's good to communicate those things because yeah. then we don't get insecure or feel like it's me, you know? Um, okay. So the next one was physical, physical intimacy. How do you um, engage well, physically, uh, um, so we all, each one of us have things that we enjoy about physicalness mm-hmm. and maybe things that are less enjoyable. Um, but you, you just like me, you, you know, like I'm near, you like me playing with your hair. You like a tickle rub. You mm-hmm. like me to hold you. You like a hug. You like all those sorts of things. Massages. Yeah. Uh, Something so. that you're good at is you'll ask me sometimes, sometimes you'll just like initiate, but so, other times you're like, is there anything I can do that would make you feel good? Like, yeah. is there anything specific right now that you need or, you know, things like that. So offering mm-hmm. affection or being playful, being playful is huge. Cause that really has nothing to do with sex, but just outside of the cuteness of it, the outside of, of it. the bedroom all throughout the day, you, we can be playful and, and affectionate. Yeah. And that touches on the physical needs. Well, and there's different, like there's different kinds of touches that mean different things. Yeah. You know, when I just come up behind you and I, and I just put my hands on your shoulders out of nowhere mm-hmm. and I just, even just a quick squeeze, yep. a little bit of massage. It reminds me that you're there. 
but it, not just there, but I'm thinking of you. You're yeah. like, oh, you wanted to touch me. Mm-hmm. Or you, you you were reaching over and putting your hand on my leg or yeah. pulling my hand over to hold my hand. Because mm-hmm. again, we, we, we're just moving forward in life sometimes. And it reminds me like, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone. Yeah. Like you're, you're with me and you're like, you're thinking about me. That's actually a big thing for me. And we're getting into mental in a second. But when you look at me a certain way or when you grab my hand or when you, you I can just tell that you need me. Mm-hmm. Maybe physically, maybe emotionally, but that actually gets me excited. I'm like, oh, like my wife wants me. <laughs> she wants me near her. She wants. Yeah. So those are that makes me feel really good, mm-hmm. but also makes me want to participate in the same thing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back back to the mental, that's one way is like making sure that they know you are thinking of them. Yeah, giving them reasons to think of you, giving them things to th- think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Something I thought about with mental intimacy um, in our relationship are those times where I'm, you know, struggling with something and you're quick to call out what's truth. What is what is the truth Um, or calling out lies? (laughs) You're believing a lie right now or how are you thinking right now? Yeah. How does it line up with scripture? Um, Complimenting strengths in each other and affirming each other, um, sharing sharing conversations on topics of interest, you know, all of those things are forms of mental intimacy. Well, and then asking questions. You, that, that was another thing. To like, dig, any questions dig a little deeper. Like, do you want to know anything about me? What do you want to know what I'm thinking about? <laughs> Which are good questions. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I should. Or what are you thinking about if you're the other person? Yeah. I, there's been th- times with, with us, like you'll be, I'll be sitting there and you'll say, what are you thinking about right now? I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, and cause we forget that our inner dialogues uh, are just in, internal. We think that everyone, like that they're just kind of there, but they're only ours. But inviting your spouse into that then lets them share that in, interior conversation. Right. You know, at the same time, which again is another form of intimacy. And if you guys haven't noticed already, there's a, there's some, some connecting themes in all of this when, and what in, intimacy actually is. And again, we're going to get to that. We're going to reveal the the, the deeper knowledge of <laughs> what these we're things, learning about what it. We're learning about it, but uh, but putting your heart on these things and saying, okay, you know, let's let's talk to each other. What areas of our life could we be more intimate in? Mm-hmm. Am I not so all of these? Either we could be withholding intentionally or just forgetting about them altogether. Mm-hmm. Before you start talking generally, let's at least finish the spiritual one. Cause we went through the first three. Yep. And so there's one more, the spiritual intimacy that you can engage with, um, your spouse mm-hmm. asking questions like, Hey, can I pray for you? Or what can I pray for you about? Or just yeah. pray or can with we pray your together? Spouse. Yeah. yeah well, Praying together is huge. Um, something we love to do is ask, you know, what has the Lord been teaching you lately? Which is a big one because it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I read this thing in the Bible and this is what he's showing me. A lot of times it's like, through relationship. I'm going through this thing right now and I feel like God's wanting me to be patient. Parenting, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) for sure. Um, Praying together, reading the word together, worshiping or experiencing church together. These are all ways of engaging spiritually with your spouse. And if if you, again, as I was just talking about, if you subtracted any of these, you you were watching a video last night, Jennifer, about... um, the, the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. And he was this guy that was shit. He's a professor, but he's a, is he a rabbi? I don't know. I don't, but he's a professor, but he's very knowledgeable in the Hebrew language. And he was just talking about the word Adam or Adam or, or man. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining how the letters show all the different aspects of man. Mm-hmm. 
in the name mm-hmm. and how you can't do without any of them. Mm-hmm. You need all of them. And th- that's very similar. We're talking about these emotional, physical, mental, spiritual things. And in reality, you can't do without either, any of them. So like, you can't have physical and spiritual and mental intimacy without emotional intimacy. You subtract any of them, you don't have a whole whole thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like if you didn't have a heart, you couldn't pump blood through your veins. Yeah. You, you need all the parts. Yeah. If you didn't have a brain, you couldn't tell your heart to pump. Right? It's true. I was, I don't know where that came from. But yeah, it's okay. okay. It, it's, it's this, it's just having a wholeness in our marriage yeah. of a, a complete unity and oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need the whole person. You need the whole, the whole shebang. So, yeah. so just to, uh, kind of make sure that we hit the mark on this <laughs> and not forget everything. You started talking kind of in general with these four areas of marriage and you're, you mentioned things like withholding. Can you just go back to that for a second? So that now that we have a foundation for emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual intimacy and marriage and why those are so important right. for wholeness, just wrap up well, that it, thought. It could be very dangerous if we are, we are withholding any of these things. Maybe mm-hmm. it's intentional. Like I'm, I'm angry. So I don't, I'm not going to give you my heart right now. I don't want to emotionally connect with you mm-hmm. or, or, or justify it. Right. When you say, um, well, spiritually and mentally I'm giving them this, so I don't need to be there emotionally. Exactly. They can get that from someone else, which mm-hmm. that's, that's a very dangerous, dangerous place to be yeah. is expecting someone else to fulfill these things in your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, we should be getting all of our fulfillment in Christ, but this is why we have our, this is one of the reasons we have our spouses to, is to be this for each other. Right. Is to, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. It's love. Mm-hmm. This is how we love. Um, but if you're, if you're unintentionally doing it, which is probably most of the time. Yeah. Okay. We unintentionally like, Walking oh, in the flesh. we've gone a few weeks without physical intimacy. Oops. Like that can happen. Okay. And so let's you say you don't realize that the other person has been wanting it and hasn't said anything. So let's say that someone listening right now is realizing some of these areas of marriage are lacking or, or haven't been pursued. Mm-hmm. What, what would you encourage them? What's the next step? Well, I, I think I would hope first of all, that they, that the spirit of God is, is convicting like, Oh my goodness, I haven't had a deep conversation with my spouse in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't shared with them things that are on my heart. I haven't mm-hmm. asked them what they think, what they're thinking about or where God has them. What God's teaching them is to just do it. Yeah. Be like, Hey, I haven't asked you in a long time. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's your heart? Are you overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Are you scared? Are you happy? Yeah. Checking in on each other and serving each other in these areas is so vital to marriage and the health of our marriage. Like you said, it's how we love. Yeah. By giving to these areas and cultivating intimacy in marriage by recognizing that these are needs that we all have. Yeah. And this could be a, a, a huge catalyst for changing a season of your life. Totally. If you're in a hard season. Yeah. If you guys are going through things like, let's say externally, you can't control them. They're just hard. Death, sickness, um, job losses, uh, this thing in Ohio, like just environmental things that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, going out of your way to, to be intimate in one of these ways could just change the whole atmosphere of, of your marriage. Yeah. Um, you, there's a story we were going to share with you, Jennifer, why don't you share that about when we were in the midst of pretty hard season of our marriage. Yeah. And it was the second year of our marriage and we were really struggling, especially in intimacy. If you guys have followed us long enough or read the unveiled wife book, you know that, uh, we couldn't have sex every time that we tried to come together. It just, it was painful for me. And so and that was just slowly got 
you know, more and more hard for us well, emotionally. And it was just mentally. one area that caused so many other problems in yeah. communication and friendship and what we were trying to do serving the ministry and like it, everything about it was hard. And we were living in Florida at the time and you left to go to Brazil and I just for two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. I decided to stay back and I didn't go that time. And the whole time I just felt like this wrestling in my heart and in my faith with God and just turmoil, you know, and also yeah. being fearful and being, being not like, not liking being without you, but also knowing that maritally, like we were not feeling like yeah. we were one, but the Lord had a grasp on my heart and I had been reading, um, in the gospels and where Jesus was washing the disciples feet. And he even makes a statement like you will do these things. And I remember just thinking right in that moment, I need to do this prayer in the moment he gets back. Yeah. And you got back at like four o'clock in the morning, I think it was early. It was so early. And, and I was dirty. Were you? <laughs> I just got back. Probably not. But I, I, I mean, I'm, was fairly dirty because I just got back from Brazil. Traveling. And even though I had, quote unquote, a shower yeah. on the boat. <laughs> you just felt, yeah. not yourself. Well, um, I encouraged you to jump in the bath. And I knelt down on the outside of the bath. And I just started washing your feet. I didn't even explain to you what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And as I was washing your feet, I remember just sharing with you like how the Lord had been softening my heart and talking about how excited I was looking forward to you coming home. Yeah. And I think I used the time to even apologize for some of the things I was thinking and feeling and struggling through with us and kind of just desired so badly a reset in our marriage and hearts toward each other. Um, and so it was moments like those, even though it still took us another two and a half years to truly have some major transformation in our marriage in that area of, uh, physically sex. And, but also all of the other aspects, the emotional, the physical, the mental and the spiritual. Um, it was moments like those that kept us going. Yeah. It can be really hard to take that you know, leap of faith or have courage to initiate in any of these areas, especially when your marriage feels like it's in a hard place or you're experiencing a hard season, circumstances, whatever it is. But when we do it, there is fruit that comes out of it. And yeah. I just, I, I hope that's an encouragement to people today. Cause some people might be listening and going, I just can't do that right now. Or I don't have what it takes. Or I, I couldn't even fathom mm -hmm. having the capacity to engage for whatever reason. Our encouragement would be like, we've, we've been in some hard seasons of marriage before and the times that we press in anyways, the, the times that we die to our flesh and ourselves and give and love and pursue mm -hmm. have been wildly beneficial yeah. for our marriage, for our relationship. It's been worth it. Yeah. Anytime we've ever done this for each other, uh, we, we do feel more connected. We do feel more interested in each other. Why? Because we feel seen, understood, thought of. Um, yeah. When we perceive each other's needs and, and we try to fulfill them or touch on points of the person that's sitting next yeah. to us that means so much to us in a way that they will respond to, like, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's selfless. It's good. So I want to get into this next portion where we talk about the biblical word for intimacy, the Hebrew word for intimacy. And it's this word yada. 
Yada. Y A D A. Yeah, and it means to know. And not just to know with head knowledge. Not like you learn something in school, like, oh, I know. No, or this like, is... like when we think of knowledge, we, we, you know, it's so easy to pull out Google and da, 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 yeah, ask the question. Get these or definitions. Get facts or get, you know, help on understanding a concept. That's not what we're talking about. No, this word, it means to know experientially. Yeah. It means that you know, not just by hearing of, but by experiencing your for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when th- with this understanding of intimacy, uh, this is this brings a whole other level to this uh, to this idea. So it's not just oh we're having sex or we're being physical. No, I know you. Mm-hmm. And again, you learn someone over time. Mm-hmm. You as you experience. So I've experienced you, Jennifer, in every aspect of your. Emotional, spiritual, physical self. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, there's other sides of you that I, you you have not seen yet, and I have not seen mm-hmm. yet because it's we aren't old enough yet, or we haven't experienced what it's going to be like to have kids out of the house, or there's so many things that we'll get to experience together. Yeah. That we it's it's more knowledge mm-hmm. of each other, more experiential knowledge of each other. Something that I was reading when I was looking into this word. There was this blog site that was talking about how, so if we wanted to know something, you know, learn, learn a topic or whatever, we would go read a book or, you know, look on the internet, like I mentioned earlier. But back in the day when there was no internet or library or anything Mm -hmm. like that, like the, the only thing that you had to survive on and to know was your relationships, the people, the community, the, the, the village, the, the, the people that you lived with your spouse, your grandparents, the people who would yeah. pass information on orally or so through if tradition. You were, if you were a farmer and, and had right. children, how do, children you do, how do you do that? Learn to farm by doing it. By doing it and experiencing yeah. it. And so this blog article was talking about how to know was everything because it's how you survived. It was yeah, really it, cool. Well, it, it makes me think of that's where apprenticing comes from. Yeah. You're not just learning it by, oh, here's a teacher telling you how it works. You're getting in there doing You're it. You're doing it yeah. and learning by experience. Yeah. Um, and so in contrast to knowing facts, like you said, it's this is this is knowing like actual knowing. Yeah. Like I know it because I I mm-hmm. I have it. It's mine. I I I experience it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So the knowledge that I have of you mm-hmm. is not a knowledge that someone told me. Right. It's my knowledge that I have because I've witnessed it, witnessed and it, been there and experienced mm-hmm. it and felt it and heard it with my own mm-hmm. ears and my seen it with my own eyes and touched it with my own hands. This is a little bit deeper of a word than it, what yeah. we started out with. So this word yada, um, it means uh, learn to know, but it also means to perceive and mm-hmm. see, find out and discern, which I love. I love that description yeah. of to perceive because that's like... If I know you, Aaron, especially mm-hmm. after all these years of marriage, it's like, I know what makes you frustrated. Mm-hmm. I know what makes you happy. I know what uh, fuels you. Like when it ta- yeah. when we talk about business or dreaming together, I know uh, what kind of gifts you like or don't like because I've perceived it myself I, and I know it. Um, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about when it comes to perceive to perceive would be like if you're having a hard day. Like there's times that I don't even need to ask you. I, I just yeah. see it on you. <laughs> and and you've learned that by experience. I get to respond to you in yeah. that way, which I think is really cool. 
you know, there's some scripture that, that gives us this picture of intimacy using this word yada. And so in Genesis 3, 5, is this the first spot it pops yeah. up? This is the first time this word shows up, yada. The, the Strong's for people who want to do a little extra research is H3045. That's the Strong's uh, number. For yeah. It. yeah. And so in Genesis 3, 5, um, it says, For God um, know that in the day that you eat of it, then your eyes will, will be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. This is when the serpent is deceiving Eve. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, no, God knows that when you eat of this, you'll know also. Yeah. So that word knowing. Yeah. That, that word knowing that word yada, they would have an experiential, they would experience this form of wisdom and knowledge for themselves rather than receiving it from God. Mm -hmm. And so there's this intimacy that they're going to have now with this knowledge. And it's a, it's a, they will be in charge of it. Mm -hmm. They will be in control of it. Uh, and then in Genesis 4, 1, you have Adam. It says, Adam, this is where you get this idea of, so sex, it doesn't often, it doesn't say sex in the Bible. It often says knew or uh, like, uh, so, so Adam knew his wife. Yeah. That's. It's the same word, yada. Yada. He knew his wife. He experienced his wife. Mm-hmm. This was a physical experience. And then she conceived and bore Cain. So this is the same word for knowing knowledge. Mm-hmm. The knowing good and evil is the same word of knowing his wife. And then in Psalms 135, it says, for I know the Lord is great. I don't just know because someone told me the Lord is great. Mm-hmm. I know because I've experienced his greatness myself. I love in Psalm 139, 23, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Yeah. It's like this cry out to him, like this, this, this desire that every human has for mm-hmm. something divine. Right. And this, this prayer of know me, search me. I'm going to skip down to another verse that I put in here based off of what you just said, where, so this psalmist is saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm -hmm. And in Galatians four, nine, it says, but now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, Mm -hmm. how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves do you want to be once more? It's this this beauty of now that we have come to know God through Jesus Christ, rather, God now knows us in Jesus Christ. As, as the psalmist says, know me, know my heart, try me, try my thoughts. And so we are known by God. There's an intimacy we can have with God now because of what Christ did on the cross that was impossible to have before that. Mm. We can have not just a head knowledge of God, you know, oh, I've read the, the the scriptures, I've heard the stories, I've, no, I know God personally because I have experienced him. Mm-hmm. He lives in me. I in him, he in me. This is what Christ prays for us in uh, John chapter 17. This is, this is his prayer for us, that we would know God mm-hmm. with an experiential knowledge. And so we're bringing these things up because this is how God wants us to know our spouse. Yada, our spouse, to have this intimate, intentional, experiential knowledge of our spouse that we, we get to have on it. And it happens over time, day to day, moment by moment. We can't just sit back and never have that connection and, and just be, and be called husband and wife. Right. It's, we, we are one and we experience each other in every aspect. 
I remember um, someone sharing with us back, we must have been only like maybe a couple years married, and they used the word study each other. And it was the first time I thought like, what? Like, what do you mean study each other? Study each other. Study each other. This idea of like, just because we're married, I don't know you all the way. And I'll never know you all the way. I get to experience that as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And people change. Their preferences for things change. Their ideology can sometimes change. Their, as their yeah. faith grows, they change. And so this idea of studying one another, and it kind of that's where all of our questions kind of spurred from of us asking each other, like, what do you like? What do you need? What are you thinking of? What's God teaching you? It's this desire of wanting to know one another better yeah and so we study each other and we take time to do it well and if we take the idea that we're one to its extreme because i think we should because we are actually one yeah the more that i desire to know you the more i can actually know myself because Mm -hmm. you are me and vice versa the more you want to know me the more you're learning yourself the more we are experiencing ourselves um so let's go to when it talks, how the Bible talks about Jesus. So in Isaiah 53, this was a prophecy about him. Yeah. It says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted. That word acquainted is the same word. It's Yada with grief, which I, I, I love this because it shows that he knows intimately grief. pain, suffering, yeah, physical, mental, emotional, all of it. And so we don't just believe in a God that can't relate to us or is so yeah. perfect that he doesn't have to experience all of those things. We believe in a God that came and was man and was acquainted with all the things that we ourselves struggle with. Yeah. He had an intimate relationship with grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Hebrews says it, that says it specifically. It says that we have a high priest that is able to understand us. Mm-hmm who in every way was tempted as man is. He he has an intimate knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So just to recap, we know, or God knows us because of Jesus, and we can know God because of Jesus, and I believe God desires us to have the same kind of knowledge of our spouse, that I can know you truly because of Jesus, and you can know me truly because of Jesus, and it's not just a head understanding. It's not just something that we can understand in our minds, but we can understand holistically mm-hmm. that I, I actually know you. I, I have an intimate relationship with you that you're mine and I am yours and every aspect in between are ours. How would you say knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him helps us get to know each other better? Well, as we've, t- we just talked about often is, when I trying to relate with you, relate to you th- in Christ, I'm not going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to going to allow bitterness to harbor in my heart. And those things help me to love you, to serve you, to uh, minister to you, to continue to pursue you instead of just like, no, I don't want to be intimate with you anymore. I want to mm-hmm. cut this off because I'm angry or you hurt me or uh, Jesus helps us have actual like true intimacy with each other. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the two words that come to my mind is humility and grace. And there's oh, good. parts of his character and who he is that I've come to know and understand and experience over my walk with him Yeah, that has allowed me to extend those two things in our relationship, which is 
yeah, necessary. Yeah. It's kind of like what you were just explaining, but those are the two words that I would define it is being able to walk with you in humility, which helps in so many different ways. Like humility helps me come down when I think I'm right and we're arguing about something. It helps me um, understand with compassion, maybe the things that you're going through yeah. and, and minimize some of the things that I'm going through in order to have the capacity to carry for, for both of us, that emotional weight of a circumstance. Um, humility helps me see you like Christ yeah. or to see Christ in you. Yeah. And, um, and grace is just, you know, we all mess up. We all, deserve something else, you know, but being able to extend grace, like I've been extended grace. Oh, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. So good. To further highlight this idea of knowing and this idea of intimacy, this is exactly how John, when he's writing first John Mm -hmm. gives his credibility of, of knowing Christ. So he says in first John chapter one, verse one, he says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That's what, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the father and with the son, Jesus Christ. So, he, this is how he's proclaiming the gospel to in this letter. He's saying, hey, we have heard and seen and touched with our own hands the word of life, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we share that with you. We proclaim it to you so that you also can have fellowship with us. He's saying you can have intimacy with us because we've had intimacy with Christ. Mm-hmm. We know Christ, not from a distance, but actually like close up. We, I've experienced Christ myself. Therefore, now you can experience Christ yourself. Mm-hmm. And so think about the ramifications that in your marriage. You can experience your wife in this way, that she's your wife. And you can actually share that same person you know with your children, sh- showing the beauty, the, mm-hmm. the power. And also with yourself, reminding you like, no, this is my bride. I've experienced her. She, she is good. She is beautiful. She is mine. And vice versa. Like, oh, that's my husband. Mm-hmm. I have heard and seen and touched that, that that is my husband. There's an incredible trust that's built when you experience the yada. Yada. <laughs> the knowing, the intimacy, yeah. the the experience of it mm-hmm. all. And like even just John sharing what what he's seen yeah. and looked upon and touched concerning the word of life. It's like he's building that foundation of trust. Like you can trust me. And in marriage, trust is so much. Yeah. I love that. Well, and that trust grows the more we experience that in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sex, again, we go back to it because it's a part of it. It encompasses much of this. But intimacy is something that's, it's a constant in every moment. Yeah. It, It doesn't just exist next to your spouse. It's not like this thing over here, but it's an intentional of intentionality of seeing them. Like I, I'm, seeing you with my eyes, mm-hmm. hearing you. I, I hear you with my ears. I'm touching you with my own hands, speaking and, and, and letting you in just speaking to you, but also letting you in the same way, mm-hmm. letting you experience me and know me and not withholding parts of me and you not withholding parts of you from mm-hmm. 
That's what our flesh wants to do. No, you don't. You can't have this part of me. We do this with God. In our intimacy with God, we, we there's parts of our hearts that we're so afraid of letting God into. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, you can have all this out over my life area of my life, but not this. That's too. That's too hard for me. That's too scary for me. That's too sensitive for me. Or I don't trust you with that. Uh, yeah, I don't trust that. That's all, really what it is. Yeah. It's a I don't trust you with that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to have the true power of, and meaning of intimacy in our our marriage. Then we need to learn to let our spouse know us mm-hmm. fully in every aspect, and then also let or want to, and desire to know them intimately, deeply. Uh, completely. Mm-hmm. And I'll add to that by just saying, if you want better intimacy in marriage, you have to be willing to give and give and give and give. Yeah. Um, it feels really good when the other person initiates. It feels really easy when they're pursuing you. But if you're not joining in, yeah. It. I mean, is that love? When you're only receiving? We, yeah. No. Yeah. No, you were again. You were listening to that that video about uh, this word yada and I'll, no, not this word specific, but Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet, and it was talking about love, and it, what he was saying was so profound that love is giving. Like the more you give, the more you become one with the one you're giving to. This that it exactly, becomes like you're giving to yourself. Essentially, that's, well, we we just talked about that yeah. in in marriage. You are giving to yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what God did. He wanted an intimate relationship with us. So what did he do? He gave Mm -hmm. his only begotten son. And that son came to become like us so that he can understand us. And so that he also can have an intimate relationship with us. This is how God loves. The most insecure I've ever been in our marriage, which it's happened frequently, but over time, Mm -hmm. is when I'm waiting or expecting or hoping that you'll do something or engage with me in some way. And I'm just sitting there like wrapped up in my own. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you? Or yeah, feeling a little bit either hopeless or not hopeless, but like frustrated or, and not realizing that the insecurity is spurring me on in that direction when I could have just given. Yeah. In confidence. Well, and that, and that goes for both of us. Yeah. When we, when we're waiting to receive and then we allow our lack of receiving to grow bitterness yeah. and anger and frustration yeah. and hurt. Detour us. Yeah. Rather than being like, you know, I'm going to go give Yeah, because I, I want to love. I want to be loved. Is that, we talked about the golden rule, like yeah. do unto others as you'd like them to do to you. Yep. Yeah. Sounds, sounds easy. I know. <laughs> I do think that we kind of made this, this whole thing sound a little bit easy. We know it's hard, guys. Um, I did want to, oops, I'm grabbing a book right now. I wanted to share, um, when I thought about this word intimacy, I shared in the beginning how I use that word a lot in The Unveiled Wife, but I grabbed it and went to the last chapter and was reading through it and I just wanted to share. Um, so this would be, if you have it and you wanted to read more, uh, one page 198 and it's the middle paragraph. It says, I feel strongly that the intimacy I have embraced with my husband would have occurred regardless of receiving physical healing because of the deep connection I I encountered through transparency and making myself fully known to him. That was the beautiful gift I received. Wow, you wrote that back then. <laughs> so this would have been, what year did I write this? 2012? 12? So 13? I don't know. Yeah. Does it say in the book? We were a, we were a handful of years 
into marriage and past the four years that were hard, God was yeah. working in us both. And th at this point, when I wrote this book, we would have been in ministry 2015. sharing. Okay. 2015. So we're well beyond that now. So yeah, looking back and reading it, it's kind of interesting, but realizing and recognizing that what I wanted most was the physical intimacy. But having walked through so much, I realized even if, even if we never figured out the physical part because it still hurt me or yeah. whatever, I had already received the gift of being fully known and fully loved by you. Yeah. And that was powerful. Well, and that's what God was teaching us in that time is, are we going to do this regardless of if we get what we think we want? Yeah. And that, that was the challenge. And that's the challenge for you listening is, are you going to, in the Holy Spirit, the power that God has given you, decide and choose to know and be fully known, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with your spouse. That's, that's true intimacy. Yeah. Is, is that so good? Well, hopefully we've given you enough to chew on <laughs> with, uh, this word yada and being known by each other. And our desire is just to encourage you guys to step into those places in your marriage that you do want growth and that you do want to see um, an increase in your marriage. And so hopefully we've given you enough today to to be able to do that. Um, but we do want to end with the growth spurt, which this month of February we're focusing on love in action. So doing a romantic gesture for your spouse. So this could be intimacy physically, maybe. There you we're go. Talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, do a do something that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Something that takes takes your spouse out of this the ordinary mm -hmm. into something extraordinary. Yeah. Just a thought. Put a smile on their face. <laughs> All right, let's end with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the way you design marriage and the opportunities you give us to experience incredible intimacy in marriage. Intimacy is special and is powerful. Intimacy helps us feel known and loved. We pray we'd be open to being intimate, but also that we would be creative and courageous in initiating intimacy in our relationship. Inspire us to be considerate of the ways we can pour into our marriage and experience extraordinary oneness. Please protect us from the threat of the enemy, as well as protect us from our flesh, keeping us from being intimate and feeling close. Help us to express our love for each other and prove our words in action. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. 
This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.